0: At some point now you'll have music, which will presumably be mine, fading out or yes. something like that, because, you know, copyright oh, and Oh, music again. Oh, lovely, lovely to oh. see a career for him. Uh, <laughs> or not. Or not. Uh, Yeah, so I guess this is, uh, well not I guess, this is the South African Composer Archive, which is uh as i was saying to my guest a moment ago who before i introduce her is a very lofty and self-important title for basically what is uh composers cosplaying like beethoven i waited <laughs> <laughs> i waited for you to take a sip as you could say that to to spurt it so the question and this is where it's very very tempting to to mark moran it is mark maron mark moran the WTN, mark maron i always
1: call it the
0: WTF it's very very tempting to do like a five-minute monologue as i like okay now this is why I'm doing this. To do a
1: five-minute very self-deprecating and neurotic Mon- monologue yes, and you're exactly. not at all self-deprecating. Not at neurotic. all nor
0: neurotic um definitely no a I don't know.
1: Picture of perfect <laughs> integrated personality pass, and pass mental health. Right? <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> so um the the what I was thinking though is the reason as to why exactly I'm doing this um because like let's be absolutely honest does the world really need a podcast about south african composers and the answer is probably not oh Uh, yes. yes um but so the reason that i'm doing this and this is i promise will probably be the only monologue that i ever do ha 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 so i was thinking about this again recently um there is a website which i discovered i was one day googling myself Um, As you do. As you do, which is not as fun as it sounds. And I discovered that there was a website out there that was uh, categorizing or listing South African composers. And because I, I like a little bit of self-pain, I decided to click on it and see what information they had about me. How far me.
1: down the rung your name was, Pretty, pre- <laughs> <laughs>
0: It was pretty close to V, so you could see that they were not that interested in what in- No, I don't know. Um, damn you, Dewey, <laughs> and your stupid system. I think um, the internet
1: probably broke, you know? <laughs> just blame the server.
0: So at the bo- So I found my name at the bottom of the list because of the alphabet and um discovered that what had been input isn't like this was my career output had been summarized into and i'm not this is not an exaggeration three i don't even want to say paragraphs but it's like three short chunks of ideas uh the first was that i am the son of peter louis von Dijk, a composer which is true it's definitely factual um the second is that I once wrote a piece uh called Vice, uh which is uh about sort of energy gradually tightening, like a vice tightening or like getting more intense. And the
1: like you googling yes, composer basically this what point. happens yes. to your nervous system. Yes.
0: And the third blip was that um I am a member of the Shart Ensemble. Uh, which is also true. Um,
1: now, though now we are called
0: the nightlight collective. Mm-hmm. So, uh, those were, that was literally it. Like I, I pretty much quoted exactly my description, oh, my outpouring. <laughs> and there was a moment of, and I, and look, I don't want to sound like I've, I'm, I'm like hardcore composer person. This is the ego comes out a little bit, not going to claim that. But I know I've done a little bit more than being the son of and wrote a piece called Vice and played in the show. I mean, everyone's Tumble. the
1: son of someone.
0: Yeah, Of course, you know. So I uh, contacted the person who owned the website and I was like, hey, because I, I looked at other composers and I saw these lavish bios and like mm. in-depth explanations. So I contacted the guys like, fair enough, like my info is just not out there or wasn't really out there at the time. Here's my bio, have a lovely day. Googled myself a couple of months later and had a look and my page had been deleted. (laughs) So I was just like, okay, well, fuck, I can take a hint.
1: Backfire much?
0: (laughs) So I was like, okay, well, fine, fine. Um, Then, like, several months passed again and I found their website and it had been returned, but exactly as it was of Son of, member of, wrote. So the reason that I'm doing this show is to firstly explain everything about myself no the reason that i'm doing this is that i feel that there is uh it's kind of difficult to get information about south african composers Mm -hmm. um there are tomes out there which you know if you want to read or not Um, but I figured seeing that I have access through the power of like Facebook and whatever to about I figured out there about 130 composers that I have I've got a list of people that I want to speak to and that's just the people that I'm aware of this is not necessarily to kind of put like you know this person is more important than that person or whatever there are definitely I think composers who will be more influential there'll definitely be composers that I want to speak to who I might not necessarily like their music or whatever but it's more i'm putting don't it bring, out there don't bring
1: that up at the beginning uh, yeah
0: like i'm just gonna put it out straight at <laughs> <around> the beginning <laughs> fucking hate all of you uh, <laughs> this is all for me no but um so like the idea is basically to have an archive where you can hear from the composer's own words who the fuck they are what they do, and this will probably be the only sort of, like, uh, uh, academic podcast where there will be F-bombs every couple of uh, words or some shit. It's not an academic show, it is, as I said, just composers shooting the shit. So, this is where I introduce the other voice, my ego, who's been talking very loudly to the left, to the right of me. His inner
1: female voice, the yeah. <laughs> critic, on his right shoulder. <laughs> yes.
0: um, a composer who I have known for many, many years... Uh, Since we were teenagers, we have played together in groups In all shapes and sizes, we have worked together in all capacities, so I thought it was very suiting and very suitable that if this show is a complete (laughs) fuck-up, this never goes beyond my laptop, this conversation, but otherwise it would be a really, really good place to start. You know her from the Nightlight Collective, you know her from bands uh, such as I Want to Say Mama Know Nothing, I Want to Say Coda is another group that you play for. Um, In
1: Clementine in
0: Clementine she wrote the no Mum
1: Crush my new
0: pen Mum Crush good to know Um, this is why we do our research which clearly didn't do and just winging this whole thing no no
1: Uh, Mum Crush doesn't really have a big internet
0: presence they've had one gig okay well uh, to the top from there (laughs) (laughs) Um, so yeah you know her from as a composer of uh, Madness Songs of Hope and Despair despair. I should know this because because I played in it (laughs) Um, Ladies and gentlemen, and the three of you who are still listening to this very long preamble... Go to sleep. (laughs) Perfect shit to fall asleep to. Ladies and gentlemen, Galena Juritz. Yay! Yay. Okay, so the hard questions first. Oh dear. Who or what inspired you to music, basically?
1: Actually, in terms of composing, now this is going to sound like a complete whack, but you inspired me a lot, Matisse. I think as someone... Around our age, who was actually doing it, um, okay, there was another friend of ours Nick Abbott, who's no longer with us, and um those were the only two people that I kind of grew up with um at that time in my life who who were doing it and and you never really i think when you start out, you just never really know where to start there's there's this incredible um kind of catalogues of amazing pre existing music, and you at that stage don't know how to compose, and you don't really even know where to begin. And then the point is that some people just begin. There's always that first time that you just try and it's probably really rubbish. And then...
0: (laughs) Staring at the page for 20 minutes going... It's still rubbish. (laughs) Staring at the page going, I swear this has never happened to me before. I don't don't."
1: (laughs) (laughs) know. Something like that. Um, But I think playing music is one thing and conceiving music, making music is just a complete... It it tickles a completely different centre in your brain. And so I think I probably had a, a great desire to do it before I had any idea how, right. um, but the first thing I kind of started with was actually songs, like, I think like every other angsty teenager, I got a guitar and figured out a C major, G major, did my little Beatles cover and then I'm like, okay, let me <laughs> try them in a different order with different words, <laughs> not in a Liverpudlian accent. <laughs> yeah.
0: This is my next one, goodbye, hello. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Goodbye, hello. Never try that again. <laughs> that hit was rubbish.
0: So, um, I mean, you have. Uh, <laughs> First, you also have the cold. Uh, flu. I have the cold. I have, you have the flu. cold.
1: <laughs> I've brought germs all the way from London there. Hybrid. This is where
0: I, I should also say, just to set the scene, because you will probably hear a fan in the background. It's currently about 400 degrees outside and that fan is not fucking being switched off so just deal with it um so the other thing is so you uh
1: you come from a musical family as well shitload of bassoons bassoons coming out your ears they're just that's that i mean, that's the one kind of trait in my family is bassoon playing it's not i've spoken to other people apparently it's <laughs> Not everyone has it. What?
0: No, everyone plays bassoon.
1: <laughs> Not everyone has a lot of bassoonists in their family. I we have
0: experience. some extended member we don't talk
1: about. No, I don't know. I'm <laughs> yeah. joking. So, my um, grandfather played bassoon, my dad played bassoon. Now, my sister plays contra bassoon and bassoon. She actually plays contra bassoon in Mum Crush, my new band, <laughs> right. with uh, Richard.
0: Every band needs a contra bassoon. Every ba- like, no, this
1: is what I've realised in 2018. Every band, a band without a contra bassoon, just might as well just dismantle it. It doesn't really and, exist, yeah, I think. And delete everything that they've ever done. It's just. There's no point. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, my dad also played sax. My my uh, uncle is a really great violinist. He's like a proper violinist.
0: Oh, bullshit. No, when I have, <laughs>
1: like, when I have, when I have enough money... That
0: the, oh, bullshit was not about your uncle. <laughs> <laughs> it was about, like... Don't throw fucking words like proper around. When, in I,
1: make enough, um, uh, when I make enough money and I'm, I'm, I'm rich and fancy and famous enough, then I can just get him to play all my stuff. It would be great. But, you know, in the meantime, we'll do it. <laughs> oh, of course.
0: that That is my philosophy at the moment. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I mean, did you... And, and I, I sort of know half this question. I mean, we studied together. We were at UCT together. Um, but let's hear it in your words. Did you ever formally study composition?
1: No, I didn't. And strangely enough, now I'm doing a master's in composition, um, but I didn't do an undergrad in composition. Um, the master's I'm doing, it's actually called creative practice. So what I love about it is that it's a whole bunch of people from very different backgrounds thrown in together. So I'm there with some you know, very um, old school trained uh, classical scoring composers, as well as pop musicians as well as sound artists and electronic people, and they're all together in the same, uh, under the same umbrella.
2: Right. And
1: that, for me, is the most exciting thing, just seeing the kind of emergence of, of those completely different worlds and the mediating forces they have on each other. Right. Um. so, I mean, as... I don't know what the listeners would really... How many of you will have music degrees? <laughs> <laughs> no, I Assuming, think... Assuming... But, you know, there's a fair amount that you learn about harmony in an undergrad, so, I mean, I... I did Harmony in my 40th and Harmony 4. God, we had to analyze Tristan um, and Zolda, the specious chord that that
0: little bitch <laughs> i i'm gonna have to take your word i know just as the tristan, chord
1: yeah. to, to, tristan
0: to to quote a friend of mine and this is where i momentarily just proved to the website that there's more to my bio uh a friend <laughs> of mine uh joked once referring to me as the only person to win the samurai composition prize and fail harmony for at the same
1: time <laughs> <You failed. laughs> well
0: i don't know i but i definitely did I, a, a, no, I think i had
1: help from the other composer i don't know um uh What's his name? We'll the composer. <laughs> <laughs> There's that other one. What the fuck! they
0: are more than the two of us. <laughs> the show is over. This was only going to be a two-part episode. <laughs> I interview you, and you interview me. That's the way it was going to go. Perfect. Uh, <laughs> so when you when you were a student how did you uh, yeah did you if you weren't studying it what kind of things did you do to uh, further your craft for want of a a better better phrase
1: I think I I didn't really have a craft my craft was trying to stay alive during my undergrad I think I was that kind of well, the one musician, the one trait of my musicianship I could say is that I have a completely unstable, <laughs> over the top emotional outpouring. So I think the first part of my life, actually, I was just kind of navigating my way through that and kind of making all the raw content that I could then later pour into music when right. I knew how to make it. So, well, I, I mean, mind. it's all a bit of a kind of a teary, dramatic cell phone throwing, um, you know. Two minute noodles wielding kind of student mess that yeah. when I think back on it, um, I had an amazing violin teacher which we shared, Farida Basharova, yeah. which I once made the mistake of calling an oligarch on national radio.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you can call her again <laughs> on
1: a slightly like... <laughs> smaller radio podcast.
0: there's going to have a huge fucking following, I can tell. <laughs> Hi, mom. Um, no way. <laughs> that's dark. Um, anyway. <laughs> that was very unintentionally dark um, so when you'd been writing a little bit longer uh, what would your do you have like a first commi- of course you have a first commission what was your first commission that's the question we're getting at be it paid or not paid um, so I think
1: probably in terms of getting paid for things arrangements for things would have been the, the starting point But there was always quite a big divide of, of kind of quite accessible popular arrangements that I could do and then trying out my kind of wacky ideas and that would be more in the context of a concert we'd put on ourselves. um so it's me kind of getting together with some someone and making a city soiree or a crowdfunded thing and then yeah essentially you you sort of get paid (laughs) and but um yeah you know how music biz can be yes um Um, i i think i i had that kind of divide in in things that I, i perceived to be money making things and things that weren't and then it was only quite a bit later that um, I, those two worlds could come together. And I think probably with Madness, that was one of the first chances that actually I could put some of my crazier ideas into a, yeah. into a, yeah, a, a commissioned work.
0: I mean, you also do uh, a lot of um, adverse, advertisement work oh, and sort yes. of like stuff like oh, that. Yeah,
1: exactly. I well, mean, it's, so it's, all, it's all part of it. it it's I guess so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's a great way of of sharpening your toolbox. I guess like I, that's how I got comfortable with logic and and sequencing um, software, and I learned about compression and all the other wonderful tricks that we're using with this laptop. And <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, so that was. I did some in in South Africa, some in Switzerland, but I mean, those things are a lot more kind of accessible. It's a very different way of writing for me when it's very much kind of product goal orientated, especially when a client will say we want it to sound kind of happy but also mournful but also kind of really excited and up-tempo but also you know really kind of languid and and, and solemn you know can you do that for us i'm like boy can i <laughs> it's, like like we, woman. <laughs>
0: it's like we want this to capture the ennui of someone who's come home after three days being out at sea what are we selling toothpaste okay cool <laughs> like, <yeah>.
1: pretty much
0: <laughs> so but i mean i also remember sort of like earlier well Inverted commas, earlier works of yours. I think of stuff like in Clementine, going to go watch you guys at. Um, I guess same. I wouldn't call it a paid um, commission
1: because um, we might have made that hundred rand once. I think. no, but
0: still, I, like I think those are sort of like earlier works of yours. Yeah, I mean, well, this
1: is another interesting question. What we call works? I mean, there's. I think there's a lot that follows around the term composer, and I'm sure we could talk about this for.
0: But that—that's, I think, very much part of why I'm doing this. Yeah, it
1: feels loaded somehow, doesn't it?
0: A little bit. I think. I think there is this unfortunate kind of.
1: Uh, sort of looking
0: down on I guess if one could put it on like things that are not like well this is not art music this mm-hmm. is not like I I think the stuff as just thinking purely of the stuff that you've done as an example oh it from myself as well with bands and things like those are important like if yeah. in in the big picture of the stuff that I've written a lot like... of stuff
1: that I'm learning about now in the critical musicology courses about those kind of texts about high art versus low art that whole kind of tension that has existed yeah. between the two, and I think you just realise that we seem to be chucking around the same old phrases, you know. Even if we think we're doing extremely edgy, experimental, crazy stuff, which is apparently everyone in Goldsmiths, you know, a yes. you know, room with about sixty-five people. What do you do? Totally crazy. I mean, never been done before, avant-garde, experimental, electronics. And yes. Pass the mic, and it's literally the same answer. I was like, "Well, who's the weirdo here? The guy who?" No, I just do simple, straightforward one music. One four five, yeah. yeah. That's, okay, I'm one four five guy. So but, I mean,
0: Beethoven's ten.
1: <laughs> kind of, I think yeah. throughout um, decades we're, we're going to find ourselves saying the exact same things that people were saying in the 60s. They were like, oh music used to have so much more substance. Of <laughs> and course. This is rubbish and you, you realise that it's just a phrase that gets, you know trotted about, you know, year after year yeah. and um, I think I don't know, as I get older and hopefully wiser, it just doesn't matter to me anymore. I just think you should make what you like and, yeah. and I, I really don't Care where it kind of fits into the which kind of echelon it appears on in 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 people how in what kind of esteem it's held and how well remembered it is i i think for me it's so much more about the process and it's about a kind of self expression which I feel so fortunate to be able to have it's a it's an outlet and it's a place to go when you are in a a dark space or it's it's there's some comfort in it and it's very nourishing um, so I think where it extends beyond that is almost less important to me. I think, mm. I mean, paying your bills is one thing. <laughs> that one is thing.
0: Very, like, I there was a guy I know who I know, there's no fucking way he's listening to this, but there's a uh, guy I know who was arguing about one of the, the newest Star Wars films and he, he wants to get me into debates online about it. And there was one thing he wrote where he said something like, like what annoys me about this new one is that you can clearly see and it was done for the money. And it's just like, fuck you, dude. It's the entertainment industry. Like there is a huge part of creation, even though like you're, you are putting your soul into it and you, you, yeah. always putting something into it there is a huge part of of that there, there is that financial kind of was that
1: talking about the star wars soundtrack
0: no no just the the film in general
1: oh right that okay. that
0: it was like oh it's... this is a cash grab it's like well firstly they bought the property for several billions i'm sure they'd like to make their money back <laughs> It
1: so... might want to <laughs> no, not go into a complete loss.
0: <laughs> like well that was worth it <laughs> cool what shall we buy now you know um but uh, I
1: will make this as long as it doesn't make any money. <laughs> yes. That is my criteria. That's
0: my philosophy. <laughs> hashtag too real
1: uh, <laughs> too soon, too real
0: so speaking of the process how do you work? how do you how write? Do
1: so in very different ways um, depending on what I'm doing so sometimes I might start from kind of improvising around On the only instrument that I actually feel properly comfortable with is, is violin I do play bass a bit but I'm crap and singing I get very shy I'm trying to do a bit more of it now but it is a bit cringy for me so sometimes it might just that's the, the one instrument that I have some kind of facility that I can just test things out um sometimes I work in logic and then I'll come much more from a midi uh starting point and I'll kind of I'm not really a great keyboard player so I, I tend to pull chunks of midi around um on the screen or much faster that way um and sometimes I'll listen to something and get an idea and response to it other times I'll just kind of you know secretly plagiarize it without not <laughs> knowing that that's what I'm doing yes. from a distant memory I remember Start writing some opening sequence and realizing, Oh my god, that's just like it was unlike or one of your one of your pieces. I can't remember, there was something I was like that's strangely similar. <laughs> How did that the happen?
0: the thing I get often, and uh, <coughs> this is uh, one of the advantages or disadvantages of, of having a musical family. Uh, my brother will occasionally point out to me, "It's like, oh, you're cribbing your dad again." <laughs> it's just <it's laughs> like your dad. No, um, what are you my dad? Like, yeah. <laughs> but it, it yeah no, it is it just how like I suppose like you absorb things and, and stuff comes out. I mean, when you work, you you work from home. You uh, have so an office, it also changes, studio. and I
1: find like the if writing from a different. Uh, from a different place it makes completely different music so the kind of things i would write organically on an instrument are extremely different from things that i would program in um on logic or scoring in sibelius is that that's the other thing that i left out when i when i start just from a a kind of conceived musical notation i end up doing things that are probably pokier and a bit wilder and a, maybe a bit more complex than i would if i was just kind of organically putting it in nice. um and I generally, I'm very easily distractible, so I kind of have to be alone to work. I get, I'm like a cat just looking around. I hear a sound or a smell or a sight or a thought. It's just like, oh, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to kind of have like a lot of um, silence and I often have headphones on. Um, that's why, I mean, I know that you sometimes go down to Van Hanks and, and compose. I think you're such a well-seasoned guy. You can kind of switch off. I did once manage to write in Ticino, which is the Italian part of Italy, by a pool on a big <laughs> egg-shaped chair. But I think I was just so damn relaxed that I could just kind of zone it. That was so, the one, that was luxury. the best at <laughs> <and> all luxury. <laughs> yeah, I not mean, always it's... like that. That was that one time. Otherwise, yeah, it's pretty much me and my computer.
0: I mean, the the writing of the bar things, like, I, I do that often. Uh, I haven't in a while. Um, it's because people owe me money. Uh, <laughs> and he aims at the phone. Um, no, but it, it's uh, like, uh, I don't know. I I need that I need to do that in as much as it actually gets me as far away from a Wi-Fi connection as possible um, to a certain extent. Because, like, the similar cat kind of thing of, like, okay, I'm going to write a bar. What's on Facebook? Did I get any likes? No, fuck it. I'm going to go back to writing
1: a part. Did you get the likes on Facebook? Go for Twitter. Okay, fuck. Instagram composer. It's all about the pictures of my notation. Posting pictures of, like, hard at composing.
0: (laughs) Going back to Facebook. Did I get any likes? No, fuck it.
1: well, they've they've never actually listened to my music, but those pictures (laughs) of my scores are doing fantastically on the internet.
0: Everyone likes a funny performance instruction. (laughs) Like, I don't know. Um I am on Instagram by the way if you follow me. Um so what are what are the things that I I like to include in on in this pod uh as we call in the biz. <laughs> But uh, I'd like to include recordings of works. And I had a little note here of early pieces. Now, usually there would probably be like some form of prep for this, but we're really winging it. Yes. So I'm going to have to... And I must say
1: it's my fault because I, I have that... It's that complete um composory self-deprecating thing where you're like, oh... You want to show my music, um, but it's all shit. Oh dear, because now I'm thinking I'm sure in six months I'm gonna have slightly better things. Than I, <laughs> the
0: than I have. the uh, Facebook Messenger thread is along the lines of Hager's hey, Please send me some recordings. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like, next week. F- next week, hey, about those recordings. Yeah, no, no, they're, they're coming, they're coming. It's, it's like, wanting to go like, okay, you're it's on like... an island. You have someone with a gun to your head saying, <laughs> if you could survive, <laughs> like, play
1: me a fucking peace." It's like... like, I'm Mozart and you're Salieri dressed at the door <laughs> in your cape. I need my Requiem. Oh, it's coming. I'm just a bit drunk at the moment. Sorry. <laughs> Amadeus
0: reference. So, yes. So, if you were to include, and this might get edited out, if you were to include a new uh, an earlier piece what would you include something like an earlier work of yours that you're proud of
1: this is a piece called 20 more will come which we performed with a gang of motorcyclists didn't we days <laughs>
0: Basically, who or what are your biggest influences?
1: So from different from different kind of musical places, um, completely different things. So in terms of classical music, if we started there, I love the Russian guys. I love Prokofiev. I love Stravinsky. I love um, Shostakovich. Those are clear favorites. Um, love Bach and Isai and all those. I think yeah <laughs> the, the fan club over there that yes. like all of us did those <laughs> violin partitas we're like oh gotta love them yes um and then everything beyond that i'm quite influenced by electronic music i mean recently there was rival consoles and lucid who i actually met the other day london life um, <laughs> um, like
0: name drop mm. <laughs> a name
1: drop i know uh john bapp is this completely crazy kind of genre bending um bass out of time playing drum he, I think he worked with Stanley Clark's drummer and he chops bits of audio up and puts it together and then sings in R&B and then use field recordings just completely nuts and Mark Prichard and, and, and Björk and oh god it it goes on I I could just carry on rattling names but from from all different from every, every, from all around the world from everywhere I don't it all influences me I,
0: bet, I mean like and this I think definitely ties in together to the whole idea of of doing this any south african influences
1: yeah well i think Naomi moyanga was definitely very inspiring to me um because i worked with him on a production and there was just a kind of a freedom in the way he worked and he had a way of integrating his kind of broader life philosophy um and his ideas on spirituality and his ideas about mysticism and his his kind of way that he liked to work in terms of how he engaged with musicians and his personality and it all just was kind of seamlessly integrated into this big magical world. That it really felt that when you worked with him you were just stepping into a, a different world. I mean even the way we'd, which I know that lots of musicians aren't used to doing this, um, theatre people more are, but where you do warm-up exercises where you actually sit together in the room and you stand around and you sing and you breathe and you move around and you really kind of envelop yourself in the, the whole process and you really submit to it um, in a way that I think often classical musicians can be quite r- removed. They're like, mm. okay, put the sheet music in front of me and let's just play it and when it's one minute past the rehearsal time, I'm bolting out of there like, you know, a fast yes. track runner you know, yeah. going to win the Olympics. Um, <laughs> there was this kind of way that you immerse yourself in it um, that I found was quite otherworldly and, and wonderful and he also straddled between the popular world and the classical world. So I think he started out in pop music, and then Black he would sunshine. use yeah, and then yeah. he would use um, South African and Mozambican folk like idioms in his writing. Um, folk. That's not probably the term you would use now. I'm,
0: uh, I'm will well, ask as and, in and the stuff that he writes. Well, in or? terms of
1: yeah, those those idioms and what kind of traditions they come from. But there were there were elements of that, and then there were elements of it that were kind of more art music scored notation. But it, it all just kind of seamlessly blended together and and that's what I loved and that Mm. gave me a a certain freedom to to kind of not be scared um to just do it and to just dive in from whichever portal I I could
0: yes yeah Yeah. um no I mean he he is I think uh from me very influential as well like I think Listening to his stuff from, I when I was when we were students, I remember listening to a lot of Black Sunshine, and I, it's a weird gig that that I saw him do. It was it was weird in as much well the first time I remember seeing him perform live rather because I've not met him subsequently. But it it's the thing of, he was playing it at of all places the shack, and I don't remember there oh. ever being live music at the shack, and it was at the downstairs back bar, and oh. it was just a, such a kind of like this is really cool. I uh, cut to, like, years later, getting an email from him yeah. going, hey, man, what are your thoughts on this? And that is like, he noticed me. He noticed me. Yeah. I mean, he's a lovely, lovely guy. Um, so how would you describe your current style?
1: So it really depends on what I'm doing. Um, I'm kind of more focused on the things that I'm not good at at the moment. So I want to get a lot better with electronics and actually using live electronics because I'll I'll end up programming a lot of things in a, kind of a playback fashion so they'll i'll create tracks that they'll be played back mm. but what i really want to learn is how to better integrate electronic sounds into live performance so it's not playing along to a kind of a track but it's actually being done
2: right.
1: live and that's kind of where my head is which is why none of my music i can play really <laughs> represents that at the moment um and i i want to also get um More immersed in orchestration I mean I could learn a lot From you about orchestration Well we'll talk Well we'll (laughs) talk (laughs) What's your holy
0: race? I am available (laughs) If I talk directly Into the microphone
1: Um, And for
0: weddings And bar mitzvahs But I think uh, At
1: the moment um, Especially what I'm doing At Goldsmiths Is more about kind of Conceptually integrating You know So it's about Um, really thinking about the content and the meaning and, and the subtext and so like the last lecture we had it's actually in popular music composition was all about text and how you can convey multiple things in text text that can seem simple and is a lot more layered where you can kind of play with archetypes and mysticism and double meaning and things that are personal but also political at the same time and and how to that relationship with text and music so now that's where my brain is and i'm sure next week it will be somewhere else i'm very inconsistent right,
0: <laughs> right. well it, it's uh, it, it's great that you mentioned that because this is at the point in the show when i wanted to play something current of that you're writing so we'll we'll figure out or we'll find out soon which we'll then cut to and here's galena a few days later or whatever playing saying something current This is maybe a bit of a a weird question, but I I remember having a lecturer at UCT corner me once about this quite recently, asking me this. Um, His context, uh, the the context was along the lines of um, your name comes up a lot as like someone who is doing things. How do you make a living? How do you survive as a composer? Mm. Like, I mean, is it sort of commissions only? Do you do other things? And I think I think, like for a lot of people who are starting out on it, you're kind of like, well, I'm going to be Wagner and this is going to be great. And Was I'm Wagner going to be... rich? I don't know. I have no idea. Mm. But it's just that idea of like, you know, I will be in control of everything, my world, and I, I will own... Um... It's actually
1: interesting if you think through history. I mean, who were the rich composers? I wonder.
0: It wasn't... Uh, ooh, I want to say Ives was I mean, wealthy we but he was a them. banker so like and he, he I think had had the privilege of sort of like you just write for shits and giggles and stick it all in a drawer which
1: was the one who started out as a cab driver
0: that I think was Philip mm-hmm. Glass oh, was, no either Glass was or, or, or Cage one or the other. I could, I suppose, Google this. But the point no. is, no, fuck you. I have put a phone on top of a box of DVDs. That's about much effort. I'm going to go into this. Um, yeah, I, th- I think it was Glass who, who was a, a cab driver. Um, so, I mean, yeah, for a long time. So how how do you make the so proverbial ends meet? for
1: many years, um, <clears throat> I would actually do corporate gigs. Um, so you would pay for end of year functions and that would be all sorts of things. It would be a lot more kind of commercially accessible music and I was playing electric violin for that. So that would kind of, um, that would supplement all the other crazy creative endeavours that I could do. So I, for the first things I do, I did I ended up probably pouring a lot more money into doing them than, no. um, than getting out. And that slowly is starting to shift. So I've done some commercials, and I'll be I'm pitching for a, for some TV series. Whether they actually get the funding or not, again is is a waiting game. I did a Swiss animation recently, but I'm still kind of finding that that balance myself. I mean arrangements. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I I did an arrangement There's a South African hip hop artist called Sipho the Gift. He's going to be coming out soon, and I did some string arrangements for him, and I played violin. Saves money.
0: Yes. There was a...
1: <laughs> I layered 15,000 of myself. It was like an army of me. It's like my worst nightmare, just being confronted with <laughs> Galena's neurosis times.
0: There was <laughs> an animation I was involved with years ago where they were pretty adamant that they wanted a marimba playing the theme. And of course, that meant it would cut into my budget of so like what I'd be earning because I'd have to pay for this marimba. And I remember sort of doing like a Hail Mary pass of sending like sending the whole episode as it was intended. And there's like, and here's a version of it on violin. What do you think of how does it sound on violin? Like never getting a reply. It's just like, okay, then, <laughs> like, yeah, it's like go walk away. <laughs> um. Do you have... I'm sure you do. What is your, like, favourite kind of performance memory or something of yours being done? Because, I mean, we... I know, like, I mean, you and I have played together quite a bit with mm. the Nightlight Collective and Sharks um, or shots I think with
1: Sharks, there were some magical ones, but I think as crazy as it was, that gang of motorcycles in an old Detroit garage where yeah. everyone re- revving their engine and us mid-performance mid, mid um, performance putting earplugs in yes. and squeaking around and something about the magic and the sound. That, that was a really beautiful memory of us. Recently I had the craziest gig of my life and it was just a complete fluke. So my brother has um, a friend who's kind of been volunteering in the mountains on this wild horse farm slash eco-village luxury resort and they said... Come into the mountains two hours two hours outside Malaga, and um I brought my friend Sonny. We had no idea what to expect. We got there there was like the pool was had a natural filtration system of 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 like green green tea plants, so the all the water was green there were wild horses outside there was there was like an organic herb garden and then this like michelin level <laughs> chef who was like using all the crazy herbs to make these gourmet meals and this incredible locally sourced spanish wine and they're like, just play any music you want, and all the townspeople came in and listened, and just got transported away. I was like, where am I even? How <laughs> does this happen? I think it's usually about eight hundred euros a night to stay there. It. Like, well, there's We're a
0: just... fucking centaur here. What's going on? What's this like...
1: unicorn doing in the bath <laughs> No, it was yeah, just no. so magical. Where... Yeah. And you know, as musicians, that's not really our everyday no. life.
0: Like, but sometimes do you life. What if comes... I eat my sandwich next to the bathroom?
1: <laughs> I got so inspired and kind of transported that I started. Doing things that I'd never usually do, like playing Bach, and then I just started improvising in the middle of the Bach, and then just turning it into something else. Then I started preaching about Buddhism. I mean, I had them out eating out of my hand. I was like, I'm invincible, and I can do anything. So that was quite a magical gift. But you know, these things. That's that's it. You just get these. W- bizarrely wonderful experiences that come and go and then yeah. and then you go and you have an awful gig <laughs>
0: <Yes>. <laughs> right Ina Kleiner where
1: was I <laughs> In another fucking wedding
0: <laughs> I, I think learned to
1: hate weddings <laughs>
0: Jesus <laughs> two moments of my career packing up my instrument going I'm never doing that again and one of them was with a wedding um so uh no just thinking with the, the motorcycle gig the how that moment of when we were doing a sound check just before and two elderly gentlemen arrived, and we weren't quite finished yet. And, and it was the first time that we had worked with the bikers. And someone had put chairs like right in front where we were playing. And suddenly, six bikes come in and start revving right in front of these guys with flames literally shooting out of the side of the bike. And these poor old men like falling over themselves,
1: running away from the fucking it's chaos happening at the front. When they come to some check and then they promptly leave great get
0: away the audience I, i remember like directly after getting up and like pushing chairs back it's like we are literally killing our audience like can we just like fucking calm down for a little bit um if you were and i know this is difficult but do you have a favorite piece of yours or something where you're like yeah i got it right definitely And I think gauging by our WhatsApp messenger (laughs) conversation, I'm very interested to hear this. (laughs) Yeah.
1: This is from a cantata called Madness, Songs of Hope and Despair. Uh, The libretto written by Sean Bowman, um, uh, who was a psychiatrist at Falkenberg for many years, and which you played in taste. So thanks very much for that. And the piece explored psychotic episodes and schizophrenia.
0: I mean, do you have anything that uh, you feel is underrated? Something that you put... (laughs) I don't know. It's probably
1: overrated.
0: (laughs) But like if that you've created something where you're like, why the fuck? Because I have have that every now and then. I mean,
1: what do you have it with?
0: Uh, The Cape Town piece that we did. I Mm. think that at that um, Unfinished gig... Mm-hmm. like i I do think, like just from where I was at the time when I was writing mm-hmm. and everything, like it is I think definitely one of the better, if not one of the best things that i've written mm-hmm.
1: it's and so, it's so, I, so what I find that's interesting is that people always um often the things that they like the most are not always the things that that other people do of and, and and i think i for for me it's about always kind of playing to your strengths or trying to the tension between that and then wanting to learn things that, that you're actually not good at and I'm always so drawn to the things that I don't quite know how to do yet and that's right. I find myself playing in that world where I'm slightly inadequate rather than just resting on the laurels of the things that I know I mean so I think I know how to write a, a kind of quite lush juicy string sounding together slightly jazzy super emo I think I can do that thing probably with more ease than right. some of the things that I attempt to do um so I think yeah it 's always about that that balance, but often people you know I, I even know singers like this, you know they might um have an incredible like soulful style and then but they 'll be wanting to go in another direction, and then they could just kind of go out and sing that ballad, and they it would have people eating out of their hands, but yeah. it 's like they want to actually go somewhere <clears throat> else, you know so. yeah, yeah.
0: No, I, don't know. I was curious um do you have a least favorite piece? <laughs> Something where you're like, "Good God, what I, the fuck I was that?" I can get thinking? very
1: cheesy. I can get very cheesy. Um, we'll have to rummage around and find something. Let's get back to that. I'll okay. send you. A I recording mean, you don't. You don't have
0: to include a recording if you don't want to. It's just if there's something because I. I mean, from that's myself, my
1: downfall. Like I, I can get a little bit because I love feeling in music. I'm, I'm, I'm feelsy and emotive and I'm I'm very much more about that absolutely
0: nothing wrong with that than
1: um than kind of doing very clever technical um impressive sounding feats of I'm all about those feels but sometimes I think the feels can get a bit too earnest (laughs) okay (laughs) and I think I can get a bit obvious and cheesy and I like to have people around me who mediate that nice. so I need to you know hang out with people who are
0: a lot more <laughs> where you you turn to to Sarah or Nicola and they're doing like pukey faces <laughs> yeah. it's just like too far too far yeah
1: <laughs> 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 no actually, <laughs> no I, I, I know, or people who mm. are like I mean Juliana would always push us more in the kind of avant-garde direction and say don't play it so safe or, yeah, you, yeah. Know, or you know Cara would say you can give it more crunch or you know like um, I like being around people who can, yeah, also tell me they can be my barometer for just how sickly sweet I can.
0: <laughs> it's, to answer your question, it's my second string quartet. <laughs> Fucking hate it. Um, oh, really? Well, well it's not I hate I Like, the, the frustration with it is that there are parts of it which I. Uh, I can see that, like, if I listen to my first quartet and then I listen to my second quartet, it feels like I'm taking a huge step backwards. If mm. that makes sense, it's sort a regression like, quartet. It's safer. It's uh, well, I don't know if "safe" is the right word in the context of what you're just talking about, but it, it it's more kind of like it's very me. It it's like Mahler and Shostakovich met each other one evening, and this is the the results of of that night kind of thing.
1: I love Um, the string quartet piece that you did for the Signum, the one at the oh Rage, and that was completely different from. This sounds like we're doing that (laughs) actually, (laughs) save it for the last episode. last episode. Yeah. But, yeah, we'll talk about that.
0: in a good point. What is the uh, sort of talking about for up-and-coming composers or people who have an interest in it? What's the best advice that you've ever received from, like, a mentor or a teacher? And I think especially now with the studying that's happening, there must be stuff sort of coming in from that.
1: Hmm. I guess, um, well, the advice I had to give myself was just don't be a lazy fuck, you know? Just (laughs) do it. Good
0: word, I think
1: um, some of the traps you can fall into are waiting for things to be perfect before you you only get better by doing things and I think this idea that you're going to kind of bust out like you know singing the show show theme tune like here I am and then present this perfectly conceived and perfectly executed work with all the trimmings and the stuffing and the holly and the ivy you know it's just not like that you have to just do it to get better, and you have to do it over and over and over and over and over again, right, so don't think that there's going to be this one moment you know when suddenly you feel ready, yeah that's yeah. what I would say
0: cool so the I have a couple of like very silly uh things at the bottom here, so I before I, I we did this I asked a couple of people if they had like a question that they could ask the composer like any composer what would they do uh, what would they ask and I have a couple of very uh, silly ones but one that I think would definitely uh, go well here what's the most terrifying moment in your career
1: oh, in my career probably shaky bow shaky bow shaky bow just
0: from performing
1: definitely performing Actually, I, I think we were doing one piece of yours, and I think I got. I hadn't. My beta blockers hadn't kicked in. Or maybe I, I don't think I'd taken enough. Right. <laughs> and I think I was also, a, you know, a younger me that was more scared of performing. I think I'm more confident now. Right. And I know my dosages <laughs> of beta blockers. <laughs> Common problem. Um, yes. You know, apparently, I think, well, classical musicians around the world, I know, are. I was reading an article about this, it's just everyone's hooked on beta blockers. Yeah. But it's that thing when you feel the adrenaline just start coursing through your veins and even if you were feeling good about the performance even if you're feeling confident it's you versus adrenaline and that fight or flight response and you realize that your hand is just shaking more than you know what to do with and it's as if you're picking up a violin for the first time in your life and you're like i know i can do this but i'm not going to be able to prove that it's always worse in your head than it but that's how it feels yeah. And yeah, and I'm sure many violinists have had the
0: same I get it quite often i haven't <clears throat> in a while although there was a concert that we did recently at the betwixt uh, the most recent betwixt gig where there was a, a very definite moment where for i i'd like to think i can hide it but there was a moment where there, there was just no way <laughs> any other way that it could be interpreted of like he's fucking scared <laughs> to play a quiet chord at the end of the piece and the funny thing is like i think if i think of like because i've i've had like huge fucking like meltdowns on stage from like performance anxiety <laughs> I'm glad to know that I've now been doing it, especially with stuff like Shard, uh, or in a more, like, soloistic capacity for a longer period of time, Mm. that when it happened, the only thing I could do was genuinely look up at uh, Nikki who we were performing with and smile. (laughs) It was just like,
1: sorry, it
0: it fucking happens. Sorry,
1: that feeling of dread and terror just came back
0: again. It's like, does it happen often? Had to happen with you. I'm so sorry. Like... Don't and mind we've got I'm just second. terrified. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. I think we have run the gauntlet. We've gotten through my little quest, my little questionnaire page. And we
1: might um, intercept this with some little pieces when we...
0: Yes, I think I think there definitely will be some little pieces. <laughs> we, I and...
1: might have to actually show my music.
0: <laughs> yes, I can't... Right? It's like, oh, I'm so... Like, you can't be like the other composers and just say you're very good. You actually have to show your output. Um, so if... I don't know when this is exactly going to be released or when I'm going to put it out to the world. If you had something to punt... Uh, what kind of upcoming shows
1: mm, well I'm going to be in London now so you can go to my website because I put news there um, of the things that I get up to. And your
0: website is? um
1: www.galinajurits.com Or you can follow me on Instagram. And your Instagram is? Galina.jurits. There aren't many of us. I think that's like the biggest thing in my favour, probably. It's <laughs> yes. I'm not competing against uh, anyone. Yes. <laughs> Let alone one who is a bassoon-wielding composer. Or
0: you can find me at Kim Kardashian. No, uh...
1: But also... <laughs> we should keep an eye out for my younger sister, Rosa, because she's also, I think by the time this podcast comes out, then she'll have probably written five symphonies. And she's amazing. She's the young 20 year old talent that that's what we need to see. So
0: excellent. Um, Yeah. So I guess as we wrap it up, uh, as I mentioned earlier there were questions that I had of people that I spoke to if you have questions for other composers or uh, or things that you want to hear from a composer or stuff that or people that you think I should speak to you can either find me on Facebook or you can tweet at me I'm at Bat Composer I'm also on Instagram as Mateis underscore fun underscore dake um, you can figure out how that's spelt um, I'm the one with all the amusing performance instruction photos <laughs> um, yeah I think that is where we will end and presumably there will be some music that happens right about here now thank you very much for sitting in my very hot lounge
1: thank you Matthias see you next time ciao